It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Miami Dolphins' final preseason game of 2023 is in the books, and so too is our film study. We looked at the defensive side of the ball against Jacksonville, and we have some observations for each position room here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us because it is your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We earlier today submitted the offensive film review with uh, one format. It was a little different. It was focused on the starting offense, timestamps, plays, specifics, individual player performances. A little different on the defensive side of the ball. Want to try something else out and then want to hear from you guys as far as uh, what methodology of delivery you think you enjoyed more, painted a more vivid picture for you, was more helpful for you, so that as we get into this 2023 season, I can tailor this content as best as I possibly can for all of you. So I have my handy-dandy roster sheet looking at the defensive side of the ball. And I peeped what we did defensively against Jacksonville. And I have some observations for each room. And we'll start with a theme and then a winner and a loser. And why Uh, that is the case in my eyes. So looking at what the Dolphins did against Jacksonville, I think the first thing that stood out to me was with the front, the defensive line. The personnel standpoint is the challenge for me in this game, because you have Miami facing Jacksonville, who's running a lot of two tight end sets, They're running a lot of 12 personnel. They're running between the tackles. And Miami is at times staying in an even front with light box counts, playing nickel defense. So you've got 12 personnel against nickel, even front defenses, which I'm not a math guy, but I know those math numbers are probably not what you would be calling in a game if somebody decided to come out in 12 personnel and pound the rock. So um, it makes the evaluation all that much more challenging to to look at this and say, hey, man, I, I know if this is what we're getting in the regular season and they're game blaming for this, they're gonna and they're gonna put a different front out here. They're not gonna play it like this the way that they did. But that's the point of the preseason is to put players in advantageous and disadvantageous situations get reps, get practice, and see who can handle some of those challenging asks uh, that you can put in a position to have success. So with the defensive line in its totality, uh, I have a few players that stood out to me for not good ways. And I'll start with Emmanuel Agba. 
Emmanuel Agba played deep into this contest. And I thought for as good as he was in his showing against the Atlanta Falcons in the first preseason game going against Jalen Mayfield, there were not a lot of clean wins against Cole Van Lannan as the backup right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Van Lannan out of Wisconsin, I was familiar with this game. I studied him as a draft prospect. That is a player that you as Emmanuel Agba should, I think, in most occasions, you know, acknowledging for the human element that exists here, um, should have a stronger performance with than what Emmanuel Agba was able to, to put on tape. Uh, as I look at the rest of the defensive line in its totality, you think about what you saw from Brandon Peely and Jalen Twyman, who has been waived this morning. That news came out around lunchtime. And Josiah Bronson and Randy Charlton. Uh, I said this on the Joe Rose show this morning as well. Um, but all of those players, anybody on the interior defensive line that's deeper than the fourth spot on the death chart, so that would be Wilkins, Sealer, Raquan Davis, and Deshaun Hand. Anybody below that threshold, in my eyes, based off the tape that we saw, is not an NFL 53 player right now. Now, they may get there, and you're probably going to want to hold on to a handful of these guys and develop them and have them on the practice squad and try to nurture them and have them grow. There are a lot of young players, a lot of inexperienced players, but their ability to anchor their ability to play at the point of attack, their ability to hold grab gaps, handle double teams, get off of blocks and play the gap and a half concepts and, and uh, technique is not where you want it to be. Now I thought Brandon Peely had a really nice, spin move on the inside against the Jaguars backup center. But Brandon Scherf took him to school when he was going against the ones him and Bronson got blown off the ball. So as I'm looking at winners and losers, I, I look at Emmanuel Agba. I look at Brandon Peely. I look at Randy Charlton. I think Josiah Bronson. I look at Jalen Twyman. It was a tough performance for the entire interior. And then that, that really deteriorated linebacker play in a lot of ways as well. So it's pretty unfortunate uh, for, for Miami to not only go out there underhanded when the ones were on the field, but then also say, okay, yeah, we're going to live in even fronts against heavy, heavier personnel groups. And then you're going to ask guys like Cater Kohu or Ethan Bonner uh, to, to play in the slot at times and, and try and combat that. And that, that's a tough ask. So I thought defensively from a, a scheme perspective, Acknowledging it's the preseason and maybe it was intentional, uh, the defensive line did not have the oomph up front that was required. And I think some of that was by the structure of the defense that the Dolphins were committed to playing throughout the course of this preseason contest. Now, if you ask me winners on the front, aside of the two guys who <laughs> uh, did not play at all in Christian Wilkins and um, Zach Sealer, who of course signed his contract extension on Sunday. I think Jalen Phillips looks primed and ready. Uh, I thought Bradley Chubb had more than one instance of rushing from the inside in a stand-up two-point stance uh, through the B-gap. And really, I mean, he really created a lot of power. And it was easy power. It wasn't like this explosive 
violent contact. It was really dynamic first step, a lot of compression of the pocket, a lot of compression of the offensive line. And I was really impressed by the power of Bradley Chubb. I was impressed by the fluidity and the explosiveness and just the angles of which Jalen Phillips played in. So I think those guys popped to me uh, in a good way. I, I would acknowledge one of the guys, a UDFA guy, and it is Garrett Nelson. I, I do think this room is probably a little too steep for Garrett to make the 53, but I would love to have him on the 53. I know I've said that over the course of the past couple of weeks. He had a couple of really nice reps along the point of attack and, and um, playing with his hands and and was just flying around out there. Uh, and you contrast that to Cameron Good getting out there and get getting pinned on a big run to the perimeter and getting washed down. Uh, I think the, gym, the the hasty touchdown run Good got uh, caught up in the, in the mess with. So that stands out to me from a performance perspective was of all of the young guys that are trying to get an edge, I thought Garrett Nelson helped himself the most. We are going to shift gears to the linebackers next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So keep it locked in with us as we continue on this journey through the defensive side of the ball and their preseason performances against Jacksonville after combing through the defensive all 22. August is just about gone, guys, which means fantasy football is upon us. And you need to get championship ready for your hometown league if you have not drafted yet. You have a couple weeks left by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup each and every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all times, and it is back and even bigger than ever with a whopping $15 million in prizes, including a $3 million grand prize going to the winner. Last year's winner drafted their team in July. Do not wait around. Get in on the action. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Linebackers. Don't envy these guys. <laughs> I do not envy nickel personnel, even front, against a Jacksonville starting lineup that has Brandon Scherf and Cam Robinson, who's suspended for the start of the season but played effectively the whole game, and Anton Harrison and... Uh, Walker lit like they they came downhill and they said, we're going to get after it. Now, I thought you saw some good instances um, from a couple of the, the upper end of the death chart guys uh, of playing off of blocks, which is good because they're going to have to be able to do that. But um, I think the, the big observation was these guys were kind of left in the trash 
throughout the course of this game. And that's how you saw these gouging runs. So uh, I think about Jerome Baker and David Long. Uh, they both played intermittently or they, they played together in the first half. And then it kind of got to the point where Long was on the field and then Baker was on the field. So they rotated down the stretch in the first half. And uh, I thought both guys showcased range. I thought both guys showcased uh, some good punch with the hands. Uh, but largely speaking, I thought they were stressed by the push Jacksonville was able to get up front. And that is when you talk about this style of defense, when you talk about this ideology, it's why it's important to have strikers at the safety position who can fly downhill and run the alley and get involved in the run game because they have to be the last line of support and they, they have to be ready to go and they have to be ready to tackle. And I'll talk a little bit about the safeties in the next segment, of course, but uh, these linebackers, um, it's not about having them protected to the same degree as it would be in a, a true gap control defense. Um, but if you're not able to control the point of attack and those offensive linemen get up onto the second level in a hurry, uh, the angles become much more exacerbated. And then you're trying to make tackles while somebody's leaning on you from the side. And that's a challenge. And I thought you saw a couple different instances in the first half where these linebackers are trying to make tackles off of blocks. And because they've got somebody leaning on them, you got extra yardage, extra yardage, extra yardage, extra yardage. Now they also didn't have their momentum. The backs didn't have their momentum slowed at all going through the A gap or the B gap because of the defensive interior defensive line play. Um, and again, I'm not super worried about it because you'll get Wilkins and Sealer back and you will play a different front. If a team wants to play you like what they did uh, on Saturday night. So I think there's two compounding variables that just made it feel that much more extreme. Um, but it is an acknowledgement that kind of the, the consensus weak spot of this defense is you are going to play in light box counts. So you got to have dudes up front. You have to have dudes up front. Well, the good news for Miami is they do. Obviously, there's the lingering Christian Wilkins contract extension, but that that's not what we're here to talk about here. We're here to talk about David Long, Jerome Baker, Duke Riley, Channing Tindall, Aubrey Miller. Aubrey Miller, I think, only got a handful of snaps late in the game. Uh, Duke Riley got some run uh, rotationally with the other guys. Andrew Van Ginkle got some run. Uh, I, I think Andrew Van Ginkle, there were a couple instances of him playing stack linebacker and coverage checks based off of motion. Uh, that kind of illustrated his lack of experience there. There was one where Jacksonville ran a fast motion to the flat, and both Andrew Van Ginkle and Jalen Phillips both ran with him. So you had two covering the flat defender, and Andrew Van Ginkle peeled off of his position as a stack linebacker that would be the wall defender in zone coverage, and it left this little sit route or stop route right in the middle of the field left completely uncovered. Now the ball went somewhere else, but it was a good illustration of there are rules within this defense with fast motion out of the backfield at the snap, where it might be a call where the defense at the Sam linebacker who in some of your formations is a pass rush player peels off and carries him and takes him with it. And it looked like that was the understanding Jalen Phillips had, whereas Andrew Van Ginkle aborted his initial zone drop and ran with him as well. There's another one where he was on the other side of the field, walked out over top of a slot. And regardless of what the receiver's stem was, he stepped downhill and they threw it right on the other side of him. And they, they, so I, I think Andrew Big kind of showed his inexperience 
as a stack linebacker in this contest against Jacksonville. And look, Doug Peterson's not really the guy uh, to test with that kind of stuff because uh, Doug Doug's runs one of the best offensives schematically in the league. And Trevor Lawrence was on point. So uh, that was a tough test and a tough assignment for Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, I thought Duke Riley at the end of the first half, uh, Jacksonville came out and ran the same play twice in succession in the two-minute offense situation. And Duke adjusted the second time. He was a little late getting through. There was two vertical stems to his left-hand side and the back ran a swing route and they threw it to the back and he ran out of bounds and stopped the clock. They got up on the line, they ran the same play. And instead of being a little late to get out and having to run and duck underneath of it and then tackle him seven yards downfield, he expanded with him right away, got up over top of it, and was able to make a tackle in bounds, and the, the clock ran out. So that was it was the the second to last and last play of the first half. If you want to see that adjustment from Duke Riley, I thought that was a good look at that. We're going to talk about the secondary here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins next. Some observations. We obviously have an injury. That is a super unfortunate one with Elijah Campbell. We'll talk about all that here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. If you're thinking about heading to some NFL games this upcoming season, but events and planning, it's all stressful. Why don't you lean into a little bit of spontaneity in your life? Buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. It is the place for last-minute ticket deals, and it is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. You can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect from your sightlines perspective. You don't have to plan months in advance. Football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, you name it. And they have flash deals that are available for you in all of these events. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds with two taps. You're set. You can get it on your phone so you never have to dig through your email to try and find a ticket that you get scanned with the QR code. None of that mess. They streamline this process for you. So snag the, the tickets without the stress at GameTown. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the secondary uh, in, in this game, obviously the, the big theme that I have is that second safety spot. I think we saw it closed up by one of the contenders. Now you have Brandon Jones coming back off of an injury. He did not participate in the game. Um, I think that probably puts him on a different timeline and schedule to come back to the starting lineup. I think he's probably a rotational guy early on for you as compared to being the starter. Uh, you saw that field whittled a little bit with the injury, the super unfortunate injury to Elijah Campbell, who I have been a big champion of the brand uh, all summer long. And I thought he was really primed to be a really nice complimentary piece, although maybe not the starter. I think the Sean Elliott closed that in because when you talk about the 
the needs of the safety room and you think about the needs of this defense, you need players who are physical, who can tackle, who can come downhill and are smart. And I, I think Deshaun Elliott has showcased that the most out of the contenders between the players that we've been seeing with him, Elijah Campbell, Verone McKinley. Um, I thought Deshaun Elliott continued to separate himself with how he tackled and how he hit and how he uh, attacked in coverage. I, I do wish he had just a little, like a little extra bounce in his step when he sticks his foot in the ground and he tries to drive on breaks. Um, but from a tackling perspective, I think he was very physical. I think he was the most physical of the safeties that we saw out there aside of Javon Holland today. Javon, um, I hope they I hope they play Jacksonville in the playoffs this year just for the selfish uh, desire to see Javon get a chance to square Tank Bigsby again, the rookie running back out of Auburn. Uh, he got north in a hurry, and that is a, a recipe for disaster against this defense is runs that uh, get north in a hurry and get through the box. Uh, and put those safeties in a high-stress situation where Javon comes down. We've seen Javon thump a bunch of guys. Well, Tank took the thump and uh, got about an extra 8, 9, 10 yards out of it. So I'm eager to see Javon uh, get another opportunity to square up Tank's Bigsby at some point in the future and see how he does after that first round of that admittedly went to, to Tank Bigsby. It was a good run. Um, speaking of Javon Holland, you saw your first master class play from Javon, uh, which is great. He um, had the strip. He played off a block. Uh, there was good communication from the secondary uh, as far as switching with motion down in the low red zone. Jerome Baker comes flying across and scrapes, kind of gets the first hit on Bigsby. Uh, Jerome lifts and punches it through at the ball. Ball pops out. Fumble recovery for Miami. Had some Dolphins fans uh, in the Locked On Dolphins subtext community ask me, um, hey, what's the concern level with the fact that we only saw one turnover all preseason long? That was a problem last year. Is it going to get better? And uh, I, I do think it is worth bearing in mind that these guys did not get a lot of run. And they got very brief, if any, appearances in the first two weeks. And then they got about 20, 25 snaps. Most of the starters did against Jacksonville. So from a sample size perspective, you add all their snaps up. They've maybe played a half of a football game in the preseason's worth of snaps. They got a turnover. Jalen Phillips draws his first holding penalty uh, uh, against uh, Jacksonville with a really gnarly inside counter move. Uh, we'll be doing the J Jalen Phillips holding tracker all season long, tracking how many holds he draws because he's he's going to get a lot of them. And um, uh, so I'm not concerned about the lack of turnovers in the, the preseason because it's not the starters the entire time. Now we'll see what it looks like when they start playing games for keeps. We get into week three and we only have one turnover in three weeks. Yeah, we're going to be concerned. Um, as far as corners go, uh, I think that's the, the theme with safety, with Deshaun Elliott locking in the other safety spot opposite Javon Holland. I think Eli Apple locked in the other outside corner when the Dolphins are in Nickel and Cater Co. who plays inside. Uh, he's the smoothest of the guys. I mean, the, the Cam Smith is probably smoother, but Cam Smith as a rookie coming in as a week one player, I, I don't think him as a starter is uh, putting him in the best position to be successful. Case in point, him getting over aggressive on that double move on the, the touchdown pass that he gave up uh, at the start of the second half for Jacksonville. Uh, 
just kind of playing it from depth, eyes through to the quarterback, little stutter go, and he got really aggressive to jump down in it, tried to reach out and grab him and take the, the defensive holding penalty and couldn't get enough of them, and they scored a touchdown. Whereas Eli Apple, I thought you saw instances of him in coverage, smooth, not the most explosive, not the best ball skills, but he's combative at the catch point. He squeezes receivers at the catch point. And then I thought you saw one instance of him when Jacksonville was one of these 12 personnel groups and there was two tight ends to that side and a receiver and they flipped the receiver over to the other side with pre-snap motion and the nickel runs with him. That in turn puts Eli Apple into the run fit and the tight ends both block. It's a run to that side. Eli Apple does a nice job processing. It steps up and helps make a tackle and run support. So I saw good things from Eli uh, in both pass coverage and also in run support, uh, which has me believe that Eli Apple is probably the guy who's going to be the other outside corner uh, for the time being until the Dolphins see Jalen Ramsey return from his meniscus repair. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day. I hope you guys enjoyed the look on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Let me know which format and presentation you guys enjoy the most so that we can tailor this content for you working our way through this season. Uh, we have 53-man roster projection. We have cuts to 53-man rosters tomorrow. Then we have waiver claims. We have to figure out what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. There's a lot coming down the pipes. You're going to want to hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us. I appreciate all of you for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. Talk to you all again soon. Fins up. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.